Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim, host of this Inverse TV show, and we're so glad that you're with us or you're listening with us on the podcast. As you see with our set here, we got these wonderful microphones and wonderful headsets, and we're so glad that you're with us. We want to encourage you to bring your Bibles out, whether it's on your phone or in a book, and go to inversebible.org and study with us. We are studying the topic of God first, God first, narratives of giving and of the giver. I uh, want to welcome my friends here, Jonathan Sebastian and Kelly. Hello. Hey. hey. Aloha. Uh, how are you guys? Good. How are you enjoying, Jonathan, how are you enjoying this, this quarter on giving on oh, God first? I really enjoy it. You really enjoy it? I, I really do. Uh, I really like the kind of the philosophical aspects mm. of it and how we are diving into, you know, the principles and, and why do we give, but then also uh, how it relates to God's character mm-hmm. and how we see that in, you know, in creation and in, in, in every aspect of life, mm-hmm. um, in, in righteousness, in, you know, the way that God lives and acts mm-hmm. and how that, you know, relates to our lives as Christians, mm-hmm. uh, especially living in these last days that we are in, you know, looking forward to the coming of Jesus. How do we live our lives? Mm-hmm. How do we, you know, spend our gifts, our time, um, our money, you know, uh, in, in that reality? So mm-hmm. I appreciated this uh, this lesson really much. And the, the study guide, I mm-hmm. think, is awesome because mm-hmm. uh, it just speaks right into my way of thinking. So uh, mm-hmm. I've been enjoying it thoroughly. Oh, very yes. good, very good, very good. <laughs> Callie, what are some things that, that, that you like about this this quarter or do you hate it altogether? In, 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 is now, the time, the, is now the time to say that? Yeah, you can say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I like is that it's very story-centric. Story-centric. Um, I, I'm not, mm. yeah, I just like, it's like a, a topic we've talked about a lot, stewardship, yep. giving and giving, but it's just nice to take <laughs> it's it. It's the topic that keeps on giving. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I just like, I like the narrative approach because yeah. I just, I like stories and I feel like even though there's stories a lot of times that we know, that there's always more to get out yeah. of the Word of God, and yeah. I just love being reminded of yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to go to Second Chronicles chapter 28, and uh, don't worry, we'll ask Sebastian what he likes about it too, but we're just going to put him on reserve for now. <laughs> and um, let's see, let's, who, who would like to pray? I can pray. Uh, Callie, can you pray for us? I'd be happy to pray. <laughs> <laughs> Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the gift of your Word. Amen. And we thank you for the example of these men and women who have gone before us. I pray that you'd guide us by your Holy Spirit right now as we study. Please open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things from your law. And I pray that these things would sink deep into our hearts and minds, that we would be changed by the power of your Spirit, and we would love Jesus more and see him more clearly because of the time we spend here. We ask and pray all this in his name. Amen. 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 Um, Jonathan gets to read from Second Chronicles chapter okay. 28. Mm-hmm. And man, it's just a long narrative. We won't read all of it, but let's um, let's start from 16. Okay. At the same time, King Ahaz sent to the kings of Assyria to help him, for again the Edomites had come, attacked Judah, and carried away captives. The Philistines also had invaded the cities of the lowland and of the south of Judah, and had taken Beth Shemesh, Ajalon, Gederoth, with its villages, Timnah with its villages, and Gimza with its villages, and they dwelt there. For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had encouraged moral decline in Judah and had been continually unfaithful to the Lord. Mm. 
also Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came to him and distressed him and did not assist him. For Ahaz took part of the treasures from the house of the Lord, from the house of the king, and from the leaders, and he gave it to the king of Assyria, but he did not help mm -hmm. him. Uh, Sebastian, pick up from verse 22. Sure. Now in the time of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to the Lord. This is that King Ahaz, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, saying, Because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and of all Israel. So Ahaz gathered the articles of the house of God, cut in pieces the articles of the house of God, shut up the doors of the house of the Lord, and made for himself altars in every corner of Jerusalem. And in every single city of Judah, he made high places to burn incense to other gods and provoked to anger the Lord God of his fathers. Now the rest of his acts and all his ways from first to last, indeed, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So Ahaz rested with his fathers and they buried him in the city in Jerusalem, but they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. Then Hezekiah, his son, reigned in his place. Okay. So, uh, Sebastian, what's, what's going, can you give us a little bit of background information on, on this dude named Ahaz? So, Ahaz was um, a, a relatively young king, mm -hmm. you know, around 20 years old, he became king in Israel. Mm -hmm. um, and as he, as he got into his, his position as king, he was an individual who faced a crisis very early on. And in that time, because of his unfaithfulness to the Lord and the defeats that he suffered, um, he, he ends up suffering a, a sort of like a crisis of faith. And, and when we come to the narrative, right, he begins to turn to these other gods thinking, well, because we, you know, suffered this loss, because God, their gods helped them, mm -hmm. then this is the, the direction I need to go. And he was thinking very much outcome based, right? Not really looking internally, but he was just looking what was going on around him. Yeah. And this led him to sort of give almost to the, first of all, to the wrong source, mm. but also in the wrong ways, right? We talked about sacrificing to the gods of Damascus. Yeah. yeah uh, my understanding is that Ahaz was one of the kings uh, that, you know, after Israel broke to the north and the south, south yes. that there was an attempt to realign these, these monarchies back together again. Mm -hmm. And I forget actually who and who, but the daughter of one and the son of one, they got together and uh, there was conniving going on. And Israel, who was traditionally more unfaithful, and then Judah, which was the more, more generally speaking, better yes. of the two, yep. um, s somehow through political intrigue and political guile, they got together and Ahaz was the, was the, ch this, was the child the to, to bring them together again. Yeah. Um, what, is, what does this reveal about mixed, uh, mixed mixing? <laughs> <laughs> what, what does it show that, hey, make, like flour, this, water, this, sugar? And, <laughs> and just a little bit of both. And, and does that always produce, I guess I already know the answer to that, but you know uh, I mean, insights on the, that. The, the, the issue tell is us, always, tell us, tell us. yeah, tell us. Uh, the issue is always <laughs> when, when you try to produce something yep. uh, through, through politics that can only be done through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, oh, uh, such a good point. Man. You know, hum, human methods, the, the reason why we love human methods and politics and trying to, you know, make things work Strategy is yeah. because 
we are in control and we can think it through and we can see a way or maybe we see only one way and this is the way and this is why political parties exist because like they think their way is the best. Yeah. Um, when in reality, where we say one way, God sees a million yeah. and he has the perfect way to bring things together if that is his will, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And so you can try politically, you can have somewhat of a success, but you will not have lasting success uh, and not have a success that is true success, if you want to say that, with yeah, like yeah, a yeah. heart change, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you have Judah, which they have been more unfaithful than faithful to over hi historically, but they have been more faithful mm -hmm. than the North Northern Kingdom. And so, trying to blend these, uh, they already have their issues uh, without trusting that God, you know, trusting God and asking Him for help, uh, without you know, reestablishing His laws, His you know, the sanctuary service, all these things. It's not going to work. Yeah, and so. It was it was destined to fail from the get go. Yeah, I also see like yeah, you know, like um, it's the, I think of the frog who's like in the in the in the water. <laughs> water being like, boiled, the they, slow they, boil. They, yeah. they put in yeah. hot water and the frog jumps. Who out. does that? <laughs> I don't know. People do that. It's an experiment. Maybe in France. <laughs> All right. they, they do that. Whoever's there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then they put in the cold water and they slowly turn it up, mm. and then the, the frog is like, oh, this is nice, and then it, like it, it, it gets cooked. Right. Um, so just similarly, you know, a lot of God's people, if they're put into you know evil places, like oh no, this is bad, whatever. Uh, mm. But if they slowly are assimilated, or like, mm -hmm. hey, I grew up in a mixed family, and eating this wasn't bad, or doing this on yeah. this day wasn't that bad. And the next one is like, well, that's not bad at all, and it just gets more and more. There is that mm -hmm. that leaning towards mm -hmm. that that, mm -hmm. that 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 it's uh, conducive for 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 different um, and compromise. And you know, and we do this. All, all of us do this and sure. on, a, on, a, on a, I guess, microscopic level in our own lives. Uh, you know, when we let something into our lives that, you know, might be a bad influence or, or whatever it is, but it's maybe so small at first that, you yeah. know, it doesn't really, there's no immediate effects of this. Yeah. But over time, you know, even a little hammer and, uh, what do you call it, the, um, the little thing? Chisel? You, yeah, chisel mm -hmm. can, can break, break down a big rock, you yeah. know. Uh, just let time pass, and then you know, usually with one compromise comes another one, and yeah. another one, and then suddenly you you you, you forgot about uh, your original pledge to lo loyalty yeah. to God and your original understanding of right and wrong, yeah. and you're just swimming in this soup of gray. Yeah. You know, the stages are, are always desensitization yes. turns into tolerance, and mm. then tolerance turns into enjoyment, yeah. and enjoyment becomes full-on acceptance. Mm. It's just, you know that that time period. And then you take long. pride in it, and then you don't even see the issue anymore. Mm -hmm. And you, you even propagate it. You can mm. also you can also look at the fact that people. There's so much division in the world that sometimes yeah. people make unity the of all, end all, be all, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't we all just get along? Mm -hmm. Why can't we all just be one? Put all of those differences aside. Mm -hmm. And I think God shows us, you know, through the experience of Israel and Judah, that sometimes division is better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that unity is not always achievable on grounds that are acceptable to God. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you um, sometimes come into a place where I would love unity, if it could be built upon the Word of God. I would love unity if it could mm. be built on faithfulness to God. Mm -hmm. But if it's not going to be built on that, then let there be division, right, <laughs> and even conflict. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're so conflict avoidant that we will do anything at all costs to appease in order to maintain unity. Mm -hmm. And we see the fruits of that from the experience of Noah, right, which we looked at in episode number three, and the sons of God mingling with the daughters of men and the results of 
the depravity that resulted there. And we see the same thing in Ahaz, like he's just increasingly unfaithful mm -hmm. as a result. Yeah, no, no, I, I want to just emphasize that in verse 19. It's just yeah. this cool little observation, verse 19. For the Lord had brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had encouraged moral decline in Judah and had been continually yeah. unfaithful. And compare that to verse 22. Now, in the time of, this, of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful. There's these two adverbs with L-Y at the end. Yeah. Continually, increasingly. It wasn't like, okay, guys, we're just now going to be evil from now on. Yeah. It's like the right. slow progression. And it was so bad that he became a byword, you know, like a, like a saying, right. this is that, that King Ahaz. It was yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you're as bad as Ahaz. Yeah. That became a fortune cookie. Or I mean, you are an Ahaz, right? right? But like you look at that in the beginning of chapter 28, it, it kind of describes the stuff that he was doing. Mm. Um, here in verse, Tell you know, um, verse, uh, let's start in verse 2. 2. Actually, the end of verse 1, you know, it mentions he did not do what was right in the mm -hmm. sight of the Lord. But then verse 2, for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molded images for the, for the Baals. Mm -hmm. He burned incense in the valley of the son of Ahinam mm -hmm. and burned his children in yeah. the fire. Yes. According to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Yeah. And he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills. On so the super country. uber bad. I mean, this is yeah. super uber bad. Yeah. This is like demonic worship, <laughs> yeah. all right? Like he's gone as far as he can go, basically. Yeah, and, and just the nuance, like I was looking at, um, you know, he's worshiping to idols in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10. Mm -hmm. You know, what's, what's so bad about, where's 1 Corinthians here? here for yeah. New Testament. <laughs> New Testament is a good start. Yes. <laughs> it's a good start. Corinthians. After Romans. 1 Corinthians 10, <laughs> verse 20. Um, so Paul is saying, like, hey, idols really not anything. But what's 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 more? Uh, when you scratch the surface, verse nineteen, verse nineteen. Did I say verse twenty? I mean, verse, verse nineteen. Nineteen mm -hmm. says, "What am I saying then? That an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything?" Verse twenty. Rather that the things with the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to who? Demons. Demons, and not to God. So like we look at in our in our modern sophistication. Oh, we see this. You know. You know idol thing. Oh, this is just a wood or metal or whatever it is. But what's behind it is, I mean, there's a spiritual warfare yeah. going on. Here. Absolutely. And uh, we have to, you know, for a, for someone who is one, once part of the people of God to now worshiping demons, like how in the world do you get to that point? Yeah. To that point? Well, think about, think about the warfare you're talking about is a competition for your giving, mm. right? When we're dealing with this God first theme, there's also someone else that wants to be first in your life, right? That also wants that position. So if we're not giving to God, who are we giving to? This verse. And how do we do that in our modern context? Let's bring it. We, we, we're blasting Ahaz. Ahaz such a, you know, <laughs> horrible, he's a dork, he's a geek. Uh, man, I'm not going to be like Ahaz, but how do we do that today? We don't, we don't sacrifice your children. Uh, oh, well, do we? Do we? I mean, like, do there's a different way. There's a di you mean, they might have sacrificed children by throwing them in the fire or whatever they did, mm -hmm. but like, there is a way to sacrifice right. your children today by ex letting them be exposed to certain influences mm. uh, that are not, you know, godly in its origin. Mm. Um, there's, I think there's other ways to do this today. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so we should be careful not to judge too quickly. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And also the, the gods of, of wealth, right? People can mm -hmm. be so obsessed with money and thinking like Ahaz, he's expecting supernatural protection. Mm. Yes. And people think if I have enough money, if I have enough fame, position, political capital, I'm protected, my children are protected, but in the end you end up sacrificing your children in that process. Mm -hmm. And it says, this is what's required. You know, or you think about athletes to obtain that yes. level of greatness, you have to sacrifice your family. Yes. And in the end, the results are very devastating and catastrophic. Mm -hmm. 
there's, there's two practical connections that I see. One is in verse 22 that says, Now in the time of his distress, yeah. King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to the Lord. It says nothing about idols. It mm. says nothing about sacrificing children. Mm. Is in his distress, that made him worse. Mm. And so I think about, you know, we have all these times throughout the Old Testament, especially where when Israel or Judah went astray, God brought them into captivity or different things happened and they're like, oh, you're they right, turned. so sorry, and they went back to God. Yes. But here it's like the opposite happened. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. in the one time that even, even helps the hardest of hearts, it actually made him worse. Mm -hmm. And so I think, where do I, where do I turn in my distress? Like, is my, is, is my worship of, when I see where I'm at, do I turn towards God in those times of distress or difficulty or do I turn towards myself or something else? Mm -hmm. And the second thing I think of mm -hmm. is the way he's approaching these things throughout this chapter of giving sacrifices and giving money and trying to manipulate situations is that is the way a lot of worship is, mm -hmm. is I want this thing from God, so I will press these buttons yes. and mm -hmm. give these sacrifices, then I get whatever I want. Yes. Mm -hmm. But that is not how worship to God works. Worship to God is a response. Mm. It's not a, I'm gonna do this to get what I want. It's, mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful for what you already did. Mm -hmm. yes. And I would say, if you can put that even further, those who give tithe with that kind of mindset, that heart, mm -hmm. actually strengthen their doubt and the strengthen yeah, you're not their, worshiping God. their unrighteousness. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave tithe and I didn't get this blessing. Well, yeah. maybe I didn't give enough. So let me. I'm going to give more. Yeah. Right? And I'm not like getting what I'm getting. getting so this isn't this isn't working. Yeah. So let me just try giving like a lot more of last time, and I just got to give boom. Yeah. And this isn't working. And so this actually that it's not yeah. the transaction. It's the heart. Right. It, and it's it articulated and from up front as mm, well. Right. Like encouraged. And I've, I've had this very discussion to somebody a few years ago who was going to medical school and they wanted to be a heart surgeon, and they're like, you know, I'm doing all these things, but I'm not sure God's going to get me into the right hospital. Mm. I'm like, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I mean, like I keep the Sabbath and I also make sure I study the Bible every morning for at least an hour and 15 minutes, but I'm just worried it's not enough. Mm. So you're saying not even tithe, just even your <laughs> devotional any, yeah. life. Any act of worship, really. Anything, because yeah, it's not an act of worship. It's an act of, I'm treating yeah. God like a pagan God. Right. I'm treating him as pagan someone. Pagan Christianity. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, like a, he's like a genie, you know, as long as I rub the lamp yeah. and I get Well, not my, even that, right? He's an evil vending machine. Because like you might not get what you want. Oh right, he may like, switch it up on you. Yeah, because like, well, I press all these buttons, but he's still expressing doubt. So he's a doubts. pagan, capricious uh, Christianity. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he may be in a good mood today. It's not even not like reliable. Like you don't even know. <laughs> if you if you treat God that way and you expect His, you know, supernatural uh, influence in your life and the blessings by, you know, I give, so you give me. That is not surrender. Mm. Uh, what God calls for is what you said uh, is a response mm. to what He has already done, and that response is trust and faith. I trust that God will guide my life. I will trust that whatever happens, He knows what's best. And that's an act of surrender. So when I give, I, I show my faith in, the, in God's goodness. Mm. I, I, I say, okay, Lord, I, I give back, you know, and have an offering or whatever it is, I, you know, whatever response I have to God's grace in my life, mm. I don't do it expecting, okay, things are going to just get better and better and better things are going to be according what's best in God's eyes for me. And sometimes that could be challenges. Sometimes that can be things that we naturally wouldn't say, oh, that's a blessing. But um, when we do trust God in the process, we can know that it is a blessing for us. Yeah. And as we come through, through the valley of the shadow of death or whatever it is, 
um, we, we can look back and see God's faithfulness through it all. So the, the, I, I really, I really think it's very important that we stress this point mm-hmm. uh, because as you mentioned, it is often encouraged, even in church from the front, like give and God's going to bless you, you right. know, and all these That's things. That's right. And <laughs> yes, but careful how you articulate that. Give because mm-hmm. God has blessed you. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Prepositions are important, everyone. <laughs> and, and, are important. and also think about <laughs> a lot of these sacrifices, like in, as you read, Jonathan, earlier, mm-hmm. the sacrificing of your son. Like we reread over that to say, look at this type of giving and worship that Mm. he's doing. But imagine the suffering it brought to him. Mm. Mm. Like, I don't care how wicked you are, right? You put your son on a burning piece of metal and watch your baby burn to death. Like that's affecting you. But the belief, right, that this is what I have to do in order to get these blessings. Mm. You know, the 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 suffering is even akin to the giving. Right. Sometimes my giving is to suffer the test is to suffer the trial. And that's what I have to go through because as long as I submit, as long as I humble myself under this pain, God is going to do this right on the other side. Mm. That's true. Um, And so I think that there's also the the giving in the sense of I'm going to accept the test. I'm going to accept the suffering. And the more I suffer, the more godly I am, the more likely I am to be blessed. And God is going to grant me all of these different things. I feel like that we see this a lot in the Western world. Yeah. Uh, well, we also see it in the Eastern world, yeah, yeah. The world too. But <laughs> where commercialism and capitalism is so rampantly in your face, mm-hmm. that especially in my context, an you know, immigrant mm-hmm. background, you come here, you leave your for- former culture behind, you're trying to be successful to yeah. get the American dream, get the 2.5 kids and the one dog and the one cat and a white <laughs> picket fence and play baseball with American apple pie. Mm-hmm. To get that lifestyle, I need to sacrifice my children. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Forget, forget spiritual things. They got to get straight A's. They got to mm-hmm. get into an Ivy League school. Yeah. They need to play violin. They need to get 1600 on the, do, do people get 1600 on SATs anymore? Anyway, whatever, whatever <laughs> revamped <laughs> testing it is. Do we need to schedule some, you know, <laughs> some But you counseling. see this all around because they couple that yeah. with Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And the two mm. become together. That's exactly right. And especially right. with the Protestant work ethic, work ethic, the harder you work, that's just evidence that God is pleased with you. Mm. And so I need to be wealthy to show God's favor upon my life. That's right. Wow. And I, I see that that perspective, when I kind of summarize it to me, is it's a life of fear mm. of like, I'm afraid my kids aren't going to make it in the world. I'm afraid yes. I'm not going to live up to my parents' expectations. Yes. I'm afraid. And that's immigrant or non-immigrant. Right. It's, yeah. 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 it's different kinds of fears. Yeah. And so as we're talking about this, of switching from this pagan Christianity to real Christianity, like I recognize that's a difficult transition. Mm. And it's not something we need to conjure up in our own minds and our own imaginations mm. of like, I just need to trust God. It's we need to take the time to behold what he has already done. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we respond is we have to see something. Yeah. And so even going to God in prayer and saying, I heard these four random people talking on inverse and I know I need to respond to God's goodness, but I don't see it. Lord, please show me what I'm supposed to respond to. Mm. Jesus, please. That's good. Give me clarity on your goodness because I can't see it right now. bless me monetarily, but let me just help me to see your goodness. Yeah, yeah. help me to see what I'm responding and, to. And um, if I can jump off from that, it's it's like, you know, sometimes we grow up in a certain way of life. You know, mm-hmm. your parents do maybe maybe even act that way in church or whatever it is in your life. Mm-hmm. And you're tempted or have been engaging in the same way because this is just how it was passed down right, to you. Right, you're used to it. But what I love about the story of Ahaz is that his son Hezekiah did not did not follow the pattern of his father. So like right. in chapter 29, 30, and, and also in the book of Kings, you can find this story of Hezekiah. Cause like he, you know, I, I'm just looking at, you know, the, the, the titles here in, in chapter 29, it says, Hezekiah cleanses the temple. Hezekiah restores temple worship. 
Hezekiah keeps the Passover, you know. And then when Hezekiah... Don't spoil too much because that's our next episode. All right, well, he brings reforms, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that Hezekiah, you know, first of all, praise God, he survived because, like, he could have been, you know, sacrificed. sacrificed. But he could have gone on the fire, yeah. But he chose not to repeat the sins of his fathers. Mm -hmm. And it is possible to... To, to stop that generational, mm, um, good point. you know, practices. baggage yeah. and practices yep. by trusting in the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he brings... Unrighteousness is not genetic. Exactly. Yes. So right. it is... He's, ahead, we'll let Jonathan ahead. finish. Yeah, yeah. He, just, he brings in these reforms and actually there's powerful miracles taking place, you know, for Ruta. There's re revival and reformation really that comes in uh, when, when he, you know, focuses back on the Lord, brings in the reforms, brings the sanctuary back, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this gives me great hope, you know, and, and I think for a lot of our, for mm. us and our viewers yeah. that, hey, I don't have to repeat what yeah. has been done in the past. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's there's a lot of hope in that. I don't mm -hmm. know about that. And you want to watch next episode because we're going to cover <laughs> more of Hezekiah then. Okay, Sebastian. I was just going <laughs> to flip the other side of what Callie was talking about in terms of seeing the goodness of God yeah. and the, the, the driver of fear in the fact that sometimes it's, it's also not that people are worried about not receiving a blessing, but they're also worried about averting punishment and judgment. Mm. Right, and that this mm -hmm. view of God, going back to that sacrificing of the child and all of these different things that the gods of Damascus required, it was an appeasement. Yeah. Right? So it's not just like, oh, it's a transaction. No, it's an appeasement. Yeah. Like bad things are going to happen if you don't give. I'm just trying to cut yeah. even here. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think there's also an element within Christianity where people feel in debt, right? Yeah. Where they feel like, oh, I, I have not done and therefore to avert failure on the exam. Forget passing and getting into the best hospital. Like, yeah. I need to just avert this crisis. And, and, and this and is what I have know, to there's, do. There's some people who also have a kind of a twisted version of that. Like, if life is too good, mm -hmm. then, yeah. man, something bad <laughs> so is true. coming down the line. They're waiting for right? it. It's just <laughs> waiting. Like, yeah, I'm not meant to have this many blessings in my life. Yep. So at some point, God may be, you know, he's remembering my back. sins or he's going to take it back. Or <laughs> yeah. And so they feel guilty. I can't be too happy. Or they have the imposter syndrome, mm. right? Like I'm, I'm experiencing all these goodness or people are affirming the ministry, but it's like, yeah, but that's not really true. Mm. Like if they really knew me, if they really knew the struggles in my life, if they really knew the issues going on, they would not see me this mm -hmm. way. And sometimes we think we have an imposter syndrome in our relationship with God. Mm. Well, would God really love me if da da da? da and, and he knows everything. Exactly right, <laughs> which is a, 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 a the sort of maniacalness of the whole struggle. Mm -hmm. But I 100% agree. It's just like I can't be doing well. Like that can't be a sign of God's goodness in my life. This 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 guy was was wicked, but he still gave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do we give in a wicked way today? Well, I think that first, I'm just going to repeat something we said okay, earlier because right. I think it's worth repeating. Yes. And that is we give to get something from God mm -hmm. or to make God do something instead of a response to him. Mm -hmm. So we can give all the literally the right things at the right time, but we're viewing God as somebody we're trying to appease him. We forget that he gave his only son mm -hmm. to, <laughs> to redeem us. Mm -hmm. um, or we also, even if we think, well, we cut even with Jesus, but we need to get those blessings. We just got to make sure to give enough tithes so then we get what we want from God. Yeah. My, my short answer would just be, do not give more than what God asked. He mm. never asked for Ahaz's son, right? Going back to Micah. Mm. You know, it's like, what does the Lord require? Should I give my firstborn, right? The, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He's shown you what he requires. Mm -hmm. I don't want the death of your son. Mm -hmm. And that's not a reflection of God. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. God, um, you know, we often, uh, we, we accept God's grace for justification, for mm -hmm. forgiveness. 
but then we don't believe that he pro still provides grace for the transformation process of our lives, yeah. and so we, we try to do it in our own way. That's another way I, I would say that we, you know, yeah. try to give wickedly. So we give to the right person, the right amount, <laughs> for the right reason. Amen. That is the recap for this. <laughs> That's this our plan. We want to encourage you, you demand, to Justin. give to the Lord, make God first, and make right with God. God bless you. We'll see you next week here as we continue our study on narratives on giving, especially as we look at Hezekiah. We'll see you next week. God bless. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.